All right, welcome back um, with the Ohioan. And, you know, some people say, man, you guys talk about COVID too much. Well, we're in a pandemic, and, you know, there's always news breaking with COVID, and we got to talk about it. Um, recently, we kind of teased the story. Um, there is a study uh, down, I believe it's in Southern Ohio, uh, where they are starting to test the vaccine for COVID uh, for kids as young as five. And they said, hey, this could possibly be available by late summer. And I'll tell you, I didn't get a chance to talk to my wife about this yet. Um, we're both vaccinated. She's fully vaccinated. I'm halfway vaccinated. Uh, next one's scheduled about a week and a half. But we're not sure. We have an eight-year-old and a 14-year-old, and we get a little nervous with autism. Uh, both of them have and everything. What's the best thing for them to do? So I'm, I am I like the idea. I mean, the vaccine's not going to totally take away uh, <clears throat> our chances of getting COVID, but to help mask it and help bring that percentage down, I'm pro-vaccine. Uh, we may have to sit this next one out just based on having kids with autism. Um, Craig, in general, I know autism is kind of a exception, but in general, are, are you okay with five-year-olds getting the, the vaccine? Well, you know, I think it's going to be up to every individual family. Um, I'm not really opposed to it. You know, I think a lot – I just my, – my fear right now, I think, is – after what happened with the Johnson and Johnson vaccine being put on pause, especially in Ohio, I think I think a lot of people might be skeptical about giving it to their kids. Um, and, and I think we need to temper that with just saying that there have been six cases that have stood out among millions of vaccines from that you know particular vaccine. So um, I guess we'll just have to see how the trials go with the kids. It looks like Cincinnati is going to be participating in these clinical trials, which is pretty unique. Um, you know, we don't usually see a lot of publicity about where these clinical trials have been, you know, administered. So I, you know, I think it's going to be up to each individual family. Um, I don't know that if I had kids that age that I would want them to, to get it, you know, without really knowing the science is trusted and proven. So I can understand why people would maybe want to, you know, push the pause button on getting it themselves, you know, having their children get it before knowing a little bit more about, you know, how these trials have gone and, and if everything kind of seems to be safe. Yeah. And I think the one thing that people need to realize I I'm watching, yeah, I'm even looking at this story here with the Cincinnati Inquirer. You know, there's some kids saying, Hey, I might not be able to wear my mask anymore. Well, from what I understand, you know, once you're immunized, you still need to take precautions. You still need to social distance. You still need to wear a mask because, again, this doesn't mean you can do whatever and not get COVID. This just means, hey, you know, you don't stand as quite a big of a chance. And then if you do get COVID, you're a lot less likely to end up on a ventilator or, you know, dead, you know. Right. Um, So, yeah, but I, I think that's the thing that we all forget sometimes. They would sit there and say, man, once we're fully vaccinated, hey, you know, we can do whatever, you know. I mean, yeah. this is just a precaution, as, you know, we've talked about and we've heard about in the media. It might be only six months. We may have to get booster shots and everything. Right. Um, you know, I compare this, when I'm talking to the family about, hey, was this like when measles first came and smallpox? It's probably going to be a lot worse than measles and smallpox. But you think about, you know, back then when it first came, that was a lot more scarier. 
they figured it out. Well, COVID seems to be a little bit more trickier. And remember, we're still trying to figure this out. Um, we're in the middle of researching what this is. This disease came up, you know, and we can argue about where it originated. But before it originated, we had no idea about COVID. So, I mean, a lot of this research that you see in the media each day, it's research that's happening real time, you know. So, right. um, we're impatient, but, you know, be patient. I, I think, and let's trust doctors. I mean, when they're doing these testing, I know that even with the vaccines that we're getting now, they're saying, hey, they're emergency use. There is a little bit of a chance that you take. And, you know, recent news about Johnson Johnson, there is a risk. I mean, you know, I think that was evidence about what happened there. But I would imagine, especially with kids, yeah, it's not 100% no risk, but they're going to do their darndest to make sure, you know, that risk is very small, if at all. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are already anti-vaxxers as it is. And, you know, a lot of these people are people that were vaccinated themselves, but maybe over the years they've believed or come to the realization that they think, you know, vaccinations can cause autism and things like that, even though there have been no studies to show that that's true. There are people that, that shy away from vaccines as it is. And this is probably just going to be another one added to that group of people's list that just they're not going to get it simply because they don't get other vaccines. So, you know, I don't know, you know, let's say 50 or 60% of, of the population actually want the vaccine or have gotten the vaccine. You're probably going to see fewer numbers amongst children because some of these parents are just going to be even more skeptical when it comes to their kids. So um, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what sort of the, the demand for, you know, this vaccination is among, you know, kids at this point, not that the kids have a decision on whether or not they want it or not. That's kind of irrelevant because they're not the decision makers here, but I'm kind of curious to see, you know, sort of what their overall numbers are. Yeah. Yeah. And I would imagine too, and I think overall government has done a decent job of this, but you know, we're, especially when it comes to vaccine for kids, you know, work up a frequently asked question sheet, you know, maybe do a test on a kid that has autism. Try to answer some of the questions that are going to be coming up. And, right. and I would make the argument to say, okay, you're right. There's anti-vaxxers who no matter what information you got there, they're not going to want the vaccine. Well, make it where you say, hey, here's the information. Do what you want with it. And then my challenge to those who are anti-vaxxers is, Stop spreading conspiracy theories. Just take information for its worth. If you don't want it, if you don't want to give it to the kid, fine. I mean, you, it's your right. You're, it's, we're American. You can pick what you want. But let's stop with conspiracy theories. That's the thing that just gets very bleh, right. to our country. So I don't know. And I'm, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, since I Children's Hospital, I know Nationwide does a great job here in Columbus. Uh, Cincinnati has a really good reputation too, and it kind of encourages me to see that they're kind of involved in the research too. And uh, you're right, you know, sometimes we don't hear early about the research, but I'm hoping if we're already seeing stories about the research being done, hopefully we'll hear more before it's ready. Uh, they are talking in the story saying it's possible, possibly by late summer. So I'm reading that to say. 
hey, at the earliest late summer, you might see a vaccine available. <laughs> Uh, they are trying to kind of adjust Pfizer, and by that, what I'm saying is, um, you know, just think of the medicine you give your kids. Obviously, a kid's not going to need as potent of a medicine as adults might. So I would assume they're just testing to see what percentage of a Pfizer vaccine you would use. There's obviously not going to give a full-blown adult dose to a kid. So. Right. Yeah, it should be interesting. Scary stuff, but the alternative is scary too. I mean, you know, we all kids get sick and potentially die. So I don't know. Um, 3,000, yeah. And you know, my hat goes off to these parents. I mean, you, you know, I we could talk another hour or two about would you have your kid be tested? I mean, because you know, they're they're doing testing on kids and. You know, I could talk about, hey, am I comfortable having my kid go through the vaccine? Man, how much trust would parents have to have to have their kids go through the testing process? You know, right? No, absolutely. Those parents. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, it's kind of a unique situation because, you know, especially when you find out that you know the initial surge of vaccines is is certainly not for anybody under the age of 16. Now, obviously, we're well aware that they've had children uh, trials last year, and 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 now they are are really fully getting into it this year. So, obviously, they've been working on a children's vaccine since they've been working on an adult vaccine. But you know, obviously, you know, as a parent, you've got to be like, well, why can't 16 and under take this vaccine? Why is it just for adults? So. You know, kudos to the parents that have decided that they want to get involved with this because, you know, even though children may not have, you know, a fatal reaction to COVID, you know, there have been plenty of cases where kids have gotten COVID and maybe they still experience, um, you know, issues with COVID, whether it's breathing problems or, you know, just whatever it may be, you know, cardiac issues. Uh, so I think, it, you know, the alternative to, uh, which is getting a vaccine is probably still more beneficial than taking the chance that your child may be one of those people that, you know, grows up to have lifelong issues with breathing or cardiac, you know, issues. So, you know, I can understand why a lot of parents would want to jump in on this. Yeah, it should be interesting. And so what do you think? I mean, man, this, this one's a tough issue. I mean, I can definitely see both sides to it. Alyssa, what do you think? Yeah, you think it's okay for vaccines to be available for kids. Um, you know, the risk, everything we hear, the risk for kids isn't quite as high as your grandma, for example, but there is a risk out there. So let me know what you, let us know what you think about, is it cool to have vaccines for kids that are five? Would you let your child uh, give a vaccine? Um yeah, I'll tell you, Craig, it's getting real. You know, it just uh, that would kind of stop me, and I'm not against it. But uh, you know, again, with an eight and a fourteen year old here, it kind of makes you think. I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of like, wow, I'm not sure what to do. So I'm, I'll definitely be reading up on it. And again, what another good reason to support local journalism? I mean, my goodness, uh, it's happening in our backyard in Cincinnati. Uh, you know, Cincinnati.com. Um, just, you know, just a great place to get information. Uh, check out their website. I mean, this stuff is happening. You need to know about what better place to doing it since All right, thanks, Craig. We will be back soon with another segment. 
As always, thanks for checking out the Highland. Have a good one.